All right, welcome to the very first episode of Windy City Rundown. My name is uh, Luke Zalstra. I'm here with uh, my co-hosts, Jeff Terpstra and Nick Wallstra. And uh, today we're going over all Cubs. It will be a bit of review of the season so far, going over some of the injuries, some of the, uh, the trends, the nice six-game winning streak we're enjoying at the moment, and then a little bit of a look ahead at the, uh, the playoff run coming up, the really interesting wild card division races in the NL and uh, what the Cubs' chances are going forward this season. So uh, thanks for listening. Let's go ahead. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, my name is Luke, as you may know. Um, Jeff's here with me. How's it going? And so is Nick. Hey. So we're going to kind of get into it. It's been a pretty good season so far, I could say. Um, Cubs are, I don't know how many games ahead, a lot. Four and a half right now. Four and a half. Um, way above 500. Finally got things going a little bit around the All-Star break. So you guys feeling good about the season? Um, yeah, it's been a unique season for uh-huh. sure. I'll get into that more later. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling pretty confident. I mean, the Brewers have been hanging around for a while. Now the Cardinals, of course, with their big resurgence coming up mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, has been a little bit scary. And as we know with baseball, I mean, I think you texted me this the other day, it's not about who's the best team in October, it's who's been playing the best around October, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the great things about baseball, but it could make things tough for the Cubs if they run into a hot Cardinals team or somebody I mean, else. You saw that with, like, Cleveland in 2016. Mm-hmm. They weren't necessarily the best team in baseball, but they were super hot. Which is what makes it better than sports like the NBA sometimes, when you know who's going to win before it even starts. Yeah. Um, nice little shot at the NBA there in our first minute and a half. So um, it's been a good season. There's been a few injuries. Uh, Hugh Darvish, probably the most notice- notable, uh, obviously, Bryant and uh, Morrow too. But I think the Cubs have uh, made up for it pretty well. A lot of guys have stepped up that weren't maybe as expected. Um, and then there have been the trades, so we're going to go start start with those. Um, Cole Hamels, a really good pickup for the Cubs, really was to replace Darvish in a lot of ways. Is that fair to say? I think so. Um, which ended up being a pretty good trade-off. I mean, he's been playing really well the couple weeks that he's been here. Yeah, I had a great complete game the other day. Mm-hmm. First one for the Cubs all year, I think it was, right? 23rd, yeah. Cubs first complete game. They won seven to one. He is now four and zero with a zero point seven nine ERA That's since coming good. over from Texas, and that was only the twelfth complete game thrown in the National League this year. Huh? Yeah, I mean, been pretty much all you could expect out of Hamill so far, and he's kind of cementing himself as a guy that could be in the playoff rotation for sure. Is he your game one starter? Oof. I feel like it has to be Lester as of right now, just because partly because of his uh, past success and kind of his I don't know what the word is. Um, the respect that he's earned from Joe and from the whole organization, but he's a competitor for sure. I might be a little more confident in um, in in Hamels at least for a game right now. But yeah, I mean, thirty-four innings pitched, twenty-four hits, WHIP is under one point nine four. That's pretty unusual to see, especially you look down this list of Cubs pitchers. Um, yeah, it's been pretty much all you could expect out of him. Yeah, Hamels is a guy also a lot like Luster, who has a lot of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. That's really encouraging at this point. But I, another question for you guys is: Do you 
have any worries about if we were to run into the Brewers in the first round with a predominantly left-handed starting rotation. That's the Brewers a good point are, too. I think, the fourth best team in baseball against left-handed pitchers. Uh-huh. And Lester is the only Lester and Quintana, only lefties that the Cubs have starting. Um, yeah, that is a good point. I hadn't really thought of that, but that has been one of the interesting themes with the Cubs all year. Is they've been a pretty right-handed pitching staff, especially in the bullpen too. Um, Strope, Edwards, a lot of the more reliable guys. Yeah, I mean. But with your uh, your four man rotation going in the playoffs, you're gonna have Lester, Hamels, Quintana, and Hendricks. Right. Maybe Montgomery in there if you need him. Hopefully the starters can go pretty long distances if you do have that situation. Right. And we all know that the playoffs is a different ball game. Mm-hmm. You use your bullpen a lot more, so Montgomery could be a really helpful piece to have against that lineup too with him. I mean, I almost feel like it'd be nice to have him in the bullpen for when you need a kind of a fireman reliever when you have a couple lefties coming up. Uh, but he's been pretty good this year, too. He's on a 10 ADL, but it doesn't seem like a big deal right now. Yeah. Um, interesting stat of the three pitchers the Cubs did pick up in the deadline. Hamels, Jesse Chavez. Chavez? Chavez? Chavez. Chavez. And, Chavez. and Kinsler. Um, all combined, 73 innings pitched, only 12 runs, 16 walks, and 67 strikeouts in the 73 innings. Pretty good from those three guys. That's impressive. I've uh, definitely... Appreciated both of those two helping out in the bullpen for sure. Um, uh, to move to on to uh, yeah, not to go too deep into the trades or anything, but Chavez with the, with last night those two strikeouts, they're dealing with that issue with the Moro injury, kind of a segue mm-hmm. into the injuries. Um, there's not a clear cut closer right now. Yeah. They've been trying to go with Strope. He's not a prototypical closer. Uh-uh. Didn't work out last night. Chavez came in, did a real nice job, struck out the last two guys with the bases loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been kind of an underrated pickup, I think, kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit, but he's impressive. Yeah, for sure. I was looking the other day at who you'd pick for your playoff roster, and this could be a, a topic for a later part of this episode or a different episode altogether. But um, there's a lot of relievers that have been solid for the Cubs this yeah. year. Um, when you kind of go on the stats here, more obviously, um, going by innings pitched, you have Cishek, Shrope, Justin Wilson, Edwards, Montgomery, obviously. And after that, you have this whole group of Rosario, Dunzing, Luke Farrell, Chavez now, um, Anthony Bass, Eddie Butler, and now Kinsler obviously being picked up. And it could be interesting to see which one of those guys really can step up and be a reliable piece in the bullpen because you're going to need it by by the playoffs, as you mentioned. And it's been a weakness of the Cubs in the past, especially last year, the bullpen. But I feel like this year has been a lot more reliable. They have a lot of depth. I'm I'm interested one guy to see what what Dylan Maples is going to do with the September call-ups. He's got really good stuff. It's just a matter of control for him. There's going to be a lot of interesting call-ups. Him and Dwayne Underwood, too, will be another one. Yeah. Um, and there's been a couple of little spot starts that have come up. Um, Alec Mills, obviously, getting that one the other day and was yeah, not nice bad. Job, yeah. Seven two-thirds innings pitched, only allowing one run. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Only three hits, not outing two for him. What, what, what kind of those guys can do, whether they'll become pieces in the bullpen or what will happen going forward yeah, with even them. Even with, like, Drew Smiley, you have mm-hmm. down here. I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't know if he's going to try to make a push to be here for the playoffs, but another guy who has good stuff. We haven't seen anything from him in a cup And was that, him, was that Tommy John that he's coming off? Or? Yeah, so I that's going to be was, yes. There's no way you can jump into a playoff run like that. I no, mean, yeah. he'd be a transitioning again anyway, so it seems like the clock's ticking on that one. Um, window is definitely closing for him. Should we talk uh, the David Murphy pickup next? Yeah, wow. What about that? It was quite a good one. Yeah. Uh, Murphy, and his stats aren't even updated from the other night. Does he have three home runs already, or is it two? Let me get this. Okay. So since he joined the Cubs, 
He is batting 391 with two home runs, Not five bad. RBIs, and his OPS is above 1,100. And that's in five games? Yeah. Not and bad. We traded a single-A infielder. Yeah, he was batting 260 in single-A. Yeah, we'll take that. Crazy. I still can't National believe. National just cleaning house. I cannot believe that they have him. Yeah, I don't exactly know what's going through Washington's mind there, other than just get rid of this guy. Um, what reason? But yeah, I mean, just a huge piece in the lineup. A guy that's been killing the Cubs, and obviously the 2015 NLCS is the uh, glaring example of when he really torched all the Cubs fans. He loves hitting at Wrigley. We didn't enjoy that. 28 games at Wrigley Field. He's batting 413. <laughs> that makes you smile for it's sure. The, the highest batting average of anyone in the history of any major league park with a minimum of 100 at bats. That's yeah. not a bad pickup, Theo. He had like nine home runs there, too, right before he got traded. Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely somebody to keep an eye out on. And I mean, not that the Cubs really have an everyday lineup, but he's definitely a guy that's going to be in the. You'd think he'll be in the lineup the first day of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Figure Baez will go to short, and then it'll be either Russell or Brian, depending on Brian's state by then. But. Um, yeah, really the last offensive piece that this lineup needed, and now they've had that six-game winning streak, and he's been here for five of the six games, and definitely has provided a spark the offense has needed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a professional hitter, I mm-hmm. think. When you get to, um, down to the nitty-gritty in October, you're facing everybody's ace. He's someone you definitely want for in sure. your lineup. And he's yeah. a guy with club experience, too. Um, interesting kind of theme with Theo's pickups here. Some guys with Morrow, or not Morrow, um, Hamels, Murphy, um, even Kinsler and Chavez, maybe not as much. The, the, uh, just the experienced roster, and obviously Lester has been there so many times, and these guys have all been there last season and most of them the season before now. It's really becoming a, a theme that the Cubs are kind of built for October a lot more than they were in 2015. Maybe. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, with Hamels, you could see like how the change of scenery has really affected him. Uh-huh. It's revamped his season. When you're getting towards the back stretch of your career, you've had a really good career, and you're not on a good team. It's Sometimes crazy. It's, it's hard to... Yeah, be productive. Yeah, it's hard to imagine playing for a under five hundred team, one hundred and sixty two games like every day. That would just get, like, that's just gonna feel like going to your office job every day at that point. Like yeah. you don't want to be there. Especially, I mean, like, like I said, end of your career. Mm-hmm. You play for World Series now. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody. Now he's finally uh, in a chance where he can uh, make another move in October. So, mm-hmm. should we go on to the injuries? Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Maybe not quite as exciting of a topic, but uh, Chris Bryant has the one we want to talk about probably the most. Um, hurt his shoulder in, was it April, May? It was early in the season. I think it was late April. The original injury was way back in, like, first month of the season. Mm-hmm. And then played for a while, DL for a little while. Um, didn't think it was a big deal. No. Came back after 10 days. Didn't seem like it, but he's been really struggling this year. Um, batting... 276, 380 OBP, um, 300 at-bats. They usually say 300 at-bats is when you can start to judge a guy's season. And in those 300 at-bats, only 11 home runs, so maybe not as bad. Um, not as good as we know he can be, though, you know, that's the point. Mm-hmm. And now Brian is in triple-A ball. Last night he played for uh, for Iowa, dh there. So he's just kind of getting back to swing again. And you noticed this morning he... Uh, He's got a new swing, so you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, uh, been seeing a lot of video from like Cubs Twitter page and uh, Jesse Rogers. He's kind of trying to finish with both hands on the bat the whole way through because mm-hmm. the shoulder has been what's given him the problems, and I think when he flies his hands off the bat, it puts a lot of tension on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see one swing from his game last night, hit a liner to left field. His hand came off at the end a little bit, but not as exaggerated as it used to be, and I really mm-hmm. think 
that he can find a source of power from that and be a good thing. Yeah, that sounds interesting um, observation. And the shoulder's got to be a tough one for a hitter, especially somebody that hits with the power that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are guys that have power, but, I mean, Bryant's swing is designed for power. The uppercut and the amount of power he gets from his legs and his shoulders, it's like yeah. that's definitely the worst injury that that kind of guy can have. So hopefully he can uh, come back healthy from that. And it seemed like for a while it was either try and force him back now have the surgery after the season or just get the surgery done and be out for the year. And it's kind of a tough call, obviously, because you might as well let him play through the season, but hopefully he can be back somewhat like his regular self by the time he's playing again. Yeah, but that just kind of brings us into the whole Bodie conversation. Mm-hmm. How amazing has he been? A guy that was Crazy. in high A ball for yeah. about five years, and he's taking the league by storm right now. Yeah. The uh, walk-off grand slam obviously was the uh, highlight. Um, the ultimate home run, the ultimate hit in baseball. Two strikes, yeah. two outs, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded at home, and down by three. It's like, yeah. if you could imagine any perfect situation in the backyard to be the hero, that'd be the one. And he came through, pulled that low pitch all the way over the center field wall, crazy. And yeah, he had the walk-off solo shot the other night, and he had a walk-off walk in the uh, a while ago, two maybe a month yeah, or so ago. Yeah, I was actually at that game. Yeah. So he worked a nice at bat to work that game. So there you go, three walk-offs for the rookie. <laughs> The uh, the twenty five year old rookie, which is just a great story yeah, in itself. Twenty five years old. He's only been here for forty six games, mm-hmm. hundred and thirty one plate appearances. He's making the most of his time here. That's for sure. Hopefully, he can find a way to stay on the roster going into October. Yeah, and I mean, it's gonna be a tough call. I might come down to him versus Lestella. Is what we're talking about today too. And we know how much Joe loves Lestella. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was. Talking I want Bodie. I was talking to my dad the other day, and we we're talking about how like. What if at the beginning of this season we would say that a few months later the Cubs would be first in the National League but being led by, you know, Bodie and David Murphy and right. Javi being the player that he is. It's been a just, weird year for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely been a unique unique year. We're used to seeing the Cubs mash a lot of home runs, yeah. kind of in the lower tier of the league batting average, and I was actually just looking today – they are 20th in baseball on home runs, and they're second in batting average. Huh. So it's that definitely weird. been a unique year. They're scoring runs in a lot of different ways, not just relying on the home run yeah. ball. Although definitely the home run ball style. has been nice to see as of late, especially from guys like Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Good to see him doing going again. He's up to like 22, 23, 22, I think. yeah. He's your perennial 30 home runs, 100 yeah. RBI guy. Yeah, 22 and I mean, for Rizzo, 28 for Baez, and that's... Yeah. That's the one. I mean, we'll, we'll get to his MVP campaign later on, but... He's been the MVP of the team. This was, what, a month or so ago we were talking about that. Like, we didn't really know who the MVP the Cubs would be. And before the season, nobody would have suspected it would be Javi. I mean, last year he was the guy that was exciting in the field but also made some errors. And offensively, he would just yeah. swing at everything. And when he made contact, it would oftentimes yeah. be good contact. But hitting two ninety seven, the amount that he swings is really impressive. Leading the National League in RBIs. It's crazy. Yeah. Already at 97. That's... That's a lot for uh, for mid-August or late August, that's for sure. Him and Matt Carpenter essentially tied for first in slugging percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it say here? He's seventh in the league in stolen bases. He's doing a lot for the team. Where if you, if you take a look back, if you just watch a majority of their games, he does so many of the intangibles that I think you have to give him team MVP. He might even oh, yeah. be league MVP when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think uh, offensively he's just been the kind of guy that we were hoping he could be eventually. I actually... Went to, um, I think it was either her second or third career game at home um, in the majors in September call-ups. 
and yeah he had that huge swing and he struck out three times in the game and it was like wow this guy sucks like you know this is what we're supposed to be excited about Mm -hmm. but the way the swing has come together and uh he didn't he went over a month without drawing a walk which is one of my favorite things it's so hobby but the fact that he still makes it work and he's like this is my style and i'm just gonna embrace it is pretty awesome um i have the mvp stats up here if you guys want to look at them a little bit um he doesn't seem like the favorite at all, uh, even though it's been fun for Cubs fans to campaign for it. Seems like Matt Carpenter's number one, especially if the cards keep going. I mean, we were talking a couple weeks ago, Jeff, like if the cards stay 500-ish, then his MVP odds maybe aren't that good. But at this point, with the, number, with the best OPS plus in the league, the best, um, the best batting war and the best fielding war both tied in first, that, uh, you know, it's tough. He's yeah, been he's he's led this resurgence for the Cardinals. That's also, man. He's been doing some crazy things over there. Um, Freddie Freeman, Nolan Arenado, and Paul Goldschmidt, the other ones that are kind of in the discussion with Javi. And I feel like I don't know if I really like Freeman or Arenado ahead of bias for sure. To me, it seems like yeah. those guys are all kind of in the mix together behind Carpenter. Um, oh yeah, I think you're right. And you got to take a look at like the OPS and just on base percentage in general with Javier Baez mm-hmm. and. Think about how impressive it is that he's even in the top seven in OPS because he doesn't draw walks. Like no. you said, he has the most official at-bats on the team, and he has the least amount of walks of anybody with, I think, over 300 at-bats. Yeah, only 20 walks is, like, crazy. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, it's it's really a weird thing that we're seeing him do. But, yeah, the batting average as a team, another interesting thing you brought up, uh, Baez hitting 297. Almore is down to 300. He's been cold in the second half, but he had that crazy stretch in the first couple months too. Um, yeah, I mean, the Cubs are batting 264 as a team right behind Boston, who's batting 268, and mm-hmm. we all know what kind of season they're having. Crazy. It's impressive yeah. to see that with the new hitting coach, Chili Davis, doing Chili. a good job. Um, yeah, it's been a, a different season offensively, and I like your point too, Nick, about just how different this team looks. Um, you, you, you kind of flash back to opening day, and Rizzo and Bryant were going to carry a team offensively, and then Baez would be good defensively. And Contreras was supposed to be a big hitter, too. He actually hasn't come through quite as much as And just remember the, that slow start that Rizzo had to start uh-huh. the year. Like I was yeah. saying earlier, it's impressive that he's, he's inching really towards a 30 and 100 year again. For sure. And the pitching staff, um, the rotations had its ups and downs, for sure. A lot of downs. Um, a lot of those, those guys have not been maybe what you would hope or expect from them. Look at some of the uh, the starters. Hendricks over four, 4.04 ERA. Quintana, 4.36. And then Darvish, obviously, we can get into here in a minute, too. But um, the lineup has definitely come back and helped out the One the guy rotation. I will say about the rotation who has looked better as of late is Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he tossed seven the other night, gave up one run or something like that. Um, it's 10 and 10 on the year. We don't pay too much attention no. to win loss. Um, to ground. He has trouble <laughs> with the first inning. But after the first inning, he's been pretty much lights out in the last three or four starts. Um, you want to go talk about Darvish for a little bit while we're on uh, the starting pitchers, I guess? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just a bit of a recap. You Darvish hurts himself. Um, was it before the season? Regular? How many starts did he get in? I think three or four. Um, I think he did win a game. Yeah, he said eight starts all season. So I don't know how many of those were before the injury. or. Okay, yeah, it says here he's one and three. Eight starts yeah. through 40 innings. It was just a weird first couple of weeks or months for him on the Cubs. He has the injury, sits out a start or two because of the injury, comes back, and then he says he feels like the fans don't like him, which was somewhat true. 
Um, it came to the point of like, is he sitting out? Does he have the yips? Like, why isn't he pitching? Yeah. Is he being dramatic about the injury? You don't really know what's going on in his head. And the then pressure it, of the big contract. Yeah. Does that have play anything into it? I think that definitely it played into the frustration of For sure. Cubs fans like myself. And the fact that once you're being paid that much money, if it's a borderline injury, you're expected to play and kind of earn the money you've been given. Like, right. at some point, you got to get out there and prove around the field. But it came to the point where they just held him down for the rest of the season. I think the official announcement was made a week or two ago that he'd be not pitching for the Cubs yeah. anymore. Um, they tried the rehab thing was it Sunday? twice. I think it was last Sunday he pitched in South Bend. Uh, me and Nick had an uncle that was there. And, yeah, he threw one inning, warmed yeah, up in the second, up and, and then went out. out. So definitely not a good situation there. Yeah. And obviously this season we've given up on him, and I think that's something we've gotten past now that we have uh, – especially now that we have Hamels up there to kind of fill in his shoes a little bit. Right. So what is the uh, situation with him looking like next year when it's really going to become really a question? Is he going to be able to earn that money back and on the field? Is another Tommy John a possibility? I think you got to get 200 innings out of a guy that you're paying as much as they're paying him. Yeah. And for him to just pitch 40 innings, get shut down, and then to have the expectation that he's going to come back not once but twice mm-hmm. – and kind of get let down there. Um, yeah, it's really disheartening. And like uh, David Kaplan, I think, said it earlier a couple weeks ago, and I agree with him. I wouldn't be shocked if I never saw him throw a pitch in the major leagues again. Because uh, yeah. who knows what's wrong with that arm? Is he going to need surgery? Right. I mean, I don't even think he knows exactly what's no. wrong with his elbow. No way. And that's yeah, that's the worst place to have an injury as, as a starter, and it's derailed so many careers. Mm-hmm. It's just a scary thing. And... It's a really tough pill to swallow for Cubs fans that they could have paid Arietta a little bit more, and, and he's he, having a great season. And Darvish is a Tommy John guy already. Mm-hmm. He had it once yeah. before. And the second time has really never worked. I mean, who's the guy that's had two Tommy John surgeries and been effective after the second one? Not many. I don't think I can think of anybody. You can probably count them on one hand. Yeah, so that's, that's scary territory for sure for Darvish. Like if you were to have an MRI after that South Bend start and something showed up, we would be pretty scared. But if... Right. If nothing showed up, yeah, would probably be more scared. It's not because, a lot better. Yeah. And yeah. the mental aspect of it is another one that's tough, too. Like, even if he is back to 80% health, is he able to play through that? Or we don't even know what happened in the beginning of the year. It's kind of gotten past our minds at this point. We're moving on. but Yeah, haven't paid too much attention to it. But right. it definitely is a big issue that will be revisited multiple times. It's a lot of money winter. that is going down the drain right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Should we talk about... Uh, Morrow's injury, too, while we're talking about injuries. Yeah, um, kind of a mysterious one. I think it, what was it, a biceps injury? Yeah, sounds right. Um, Yeah, it says biceps. biceps. Um, And that was July 19 when he uh, first went on the DL, which was over a month ago now, a month and two weeks ago. Yeah, just about. It's like, yeah, we're on a 10-day DL for the biceps. And it's, it's funny here. The uh, statue you printed off has the date of return, and it's a September question mark because no one really knows what's going on there. Hopefully September. Yeah. If they're going to make any kind of run at a World Series, he's going to have to be a big focal part of that bullpen. Oh, they still haven't found a closer to replace him, as you mentioned. Right. Strobe has not been doing it. And it's kind of just been a matchup game ever since he's been out. Right. So that's definitely a scary prospect to be losing him for good. And it's not like there's another option to pick somebody up at this point. You can look at waiver trades again, but it seems to me like... It's going to have to be Morrow coming back and pitching again. And when he's healthy, there's no disputing. He's mm-hmm. one of the best closing pitchers in baseball. But that's been mm-hmm. the problem for 
the latter part of his career, the last few years, has been durability. And I mean, we saw him pitch all seven games in the World Series, and that was really impressive. And I was under the impression we were getting the durable guy. <laughs> it hasn't been that this year. Yeah, he one got hurt taking off his pants the other month. Yeah, I remember that? Sketchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1.47 ERA um, with 22 saves. It's definitely been a, um, a good season when he's healthy, but. We just need him in October is really what's going to be important. Yeah. I hope we can get him back maybe mid-September, kind of get him reacclimated. Right. They're not going to need him a ton in September with the call-ups. You know, the bullpen's going to be pretty stacked already. Mm-hmm. And I, Yeah, it's not a regular season worry. And that kind of transitioned just into the the uh, playoff race in general. Um, it's not that the Cubs really have clinched by any, by any means. Obviously, that's a long ways away. But it seems like they're holding pretty steady in that number one spot. Yeah, um, I think with a four-and-a-half game lead with about – five weeks left in the season right they should feel pretty good about things um it's mostly going to be on the uh lineup and the rotation to keep i feel like like you said the bullpen is going to be fine um to keep the consistency up and offensively there was a really scary stretch there was it three or four games in a row and it was just a one-run homer every game yeah actually which was an emily record right which was just a few weeks ago too and now they've really flipped it around right and it kind of feels like they've gotten past that i hope so especially the way the offense has been the last few games um But still, another stretch like that and a couple of good Brewers or Cardinals games, and all of a sudden things can be different. So mm-hmm. it's, it, baseball can switch so easily. There's definitely nothing to feel great about. No, ever, Never a time to be confident or comfortable, I think is the word I'm looking right. for. Because it's such a streaky type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing interesting about that, the five games where they only scored one run, and I'm not saying that Daniel Murphy is the main reason why the offense has been so much better, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting to see how since they acquired him, teams scoring over seven runs per game, batting average is up above three hundred. I think it's three twelve right now since he's been bat- since he's been acquired. It's really good, and it's one of those guys you can kind of inject a lot of life into your team, mm-hmm. especially up at the top of the lineup where they've been using him recently. And I know he doesn't have a lot of experience there throughout his career. Yeah, it's fine. Like we alluded to. Welcome earlier. to the Cubs. He's a professional hitter. Yeah, Cubs uh, best winning percentage in the National League by quite a bit actually at this point. Um, and I think they're, what, like third or fourth in the majors batting ever, or winning percentage-wise? Uh, fifth right now, yeah. Red yeah. Sox, Yankees, Indians? Astros, and Athletics actually yeah, are ahead of them as well. Okay. Oakland has been, speaking of crazy resurgences, they have snuck right back to the top of the AL West, That's too. An interesting race. Um, Conversation for another day. Yeah, I mean, as far as the division, I'm also feeling pretty confident like you guys. Um It'd be tough for the Cardinals or the Brewers. It'd probably be the Cardinals. That would be the ones to come back. Um, and I mentioned this to, to both of you, but there's a little bit of scary stuff when you get to the pl- the playoffs. And we said it earlier on the pod, too, that um, it's not a matter of who's the best team, it's who's the hottest team. And right now, the Cardinals are the hot team. I think so. The hottest team in baseball. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, really can worry a Cubs fan, especially knowing that's the division rival that you don't want to face anyway. And uh, I think it could shape up a lot like 2015. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Um, you could see three teams making the playoffs out of the Central mm-hmm. Division. For sure. 2015, the uh, the Cubs beat Pittsburgh in the uh, wild card game. Jake Arrieta. Arrieta threw a, threw a gem. <laughs> and then, uh, then the Cubs went and played St. Louis in the NLDS, beat them. Was it a five-game series? I think they went all the way to the fifth game. I think it was five. Or no, four. I'm pretty Schwarber sure four. had that monster home run in that series that put him ahead in one of those two games. Um, that was a four-game series. They got them four. It was, and that's when the Cubs really made their way onto the national stage as far as a legit contender. And and we knew they had the young guys and the 
the power hitting lineup, but that's when they really cemented themselves as one of the best teams in the majors. Also the year that we met our man, Daniel Murphy. Oh, yeah. And I'll see you. That was tough. And uh, that's when the – I remember on the notification I got on my phone from ESPN after that series, it was like the, the Cubs and Mets are on a crash course to run the NL for the next however many years. <laughs> and they're right about one of those two teams, but the Mets have totally tanked it, especially offensively. They find a way to. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so – yeah, the, the karma is really there for the Cubs to, to finish regular season pretty well and then come into the playoffs and have that uh, tough NLDS series. And there's they some... control their own destiny. Oh, yeah, totally. Into, so you got to feel confident about that. But the Cardinals, like we said, red hot. It'll be interesting to see how, how they do going into September. And there's some interesting things, too, with like the uh, rest versus rust debate. Um, and it's, it's a little bit yeah, yeah it's a little bit different in baseball because the rest isn't quite as big of a, a time period as like maybe the the NFL where you have that week off, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said for the wild card team that's feeling great coming off that nice win, and uh, they sneak into the NLDS and they might be able to pull something off, and yeah the Cardinals are the ones that really scare me. Um, after that, I mean none of the teams in the West are really that great. Part of me is afraid of the Dodgers still because just the talent they have when they have to pick, they after picking up Machado it. and yeah. Kinsler and yeah, but I don't know what's going on with them. Why they can't figure that out? The lineup they have is crazy. A starting staff. I yeah, feel like. that's probably a big part of but it. If that staff gets rolling, mm-hmm. they're the favorites out of the National League in my opinion. I definitely think they're a team we should watch out for too. Um, other than that, there's it's not a great NL this year. Yeah. The whole East is kind of like, eh, like are the Braves really ready yet? They're so young. I mean, they're young up and coming, but are they really there? I don't – there's not a lot of that on that team that really worries me. also, me. there's something to be said about the youth, you know, like with the Cubs in 2016. So many young players that are still young now, mm-hmm. but they don't know any better, you know. They get to October, there's no pressure, they just go out there and play. That's true. Sometimes too. that can play to your favor for a team like the Braves, especially with how young they are. And obviously the uh, – all the talent is in the AL, it feels oh, like. Man. the uh, As we mentioned earlier, the Cubs have the best record in the National League, but fifth in baseball, we said. Yeah, six of the top seven winning percentages are in the AL right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the Red Sox have had a historic season. Maybe a rough last week or so, but especially when they came up to that four-game sweep over New York, it was like, this team is ridiculous. And yeah. they still are, 90-42. and 42. Kind of got knocked on their heels by the Braves. Yeah, yeah that was or, nice. uh, The Rays, I mean, they got yeah, swept. Yeah. That was, yeah. which is weird, the Rays, who really are, haven't been that, uh, that great all season. But anyway. I don't think it's any cause for concern yeah. for Boston. They're still such a six only, only thing it is, it lowers their chances at, uh, as of the regular season record, but that's not what they're worried about How right now, I'm sure. in the division? Six and a half over Yankees, and they're the yeah. next team in the league too. So, so they're probably so they're six yeah, and a half. Gonna have that one seed baseball. confirmed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so really, the toughest matchup will come in the in the World Series if the Cubs can make it that far. Yeah. And it is interesting to me, like when you think about uh, the chances of another NLCS appearance, all they have to do is win one series. And if you had to bet right now, I think I'm betting yes that the Cubs can make it back. I would bet Cubs Dodgers again in the NLCS. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to do that, we're talking four straight NLCS appearances for the Cubs. Yeah, and it would be three straight against the Dodgers. Yeah, which would be one thing in itself um, that's pretty crazy unusual. But four straight um, championship series is not a lot of teams get that kind of chance. And I think it's definitely, I don't know if you call it a dynasty yet. you got to be winning more championships for it to be a dynasty. But it's a run that... Uh, that Cubs fans are not taking for granted, that's for sure. Yeah, It's been we're so much just, fun to be a fan of this couple We were just talking about lately, too, how uh, uh, how quickly baseball teams can flip mm-hmm. just from you know top of the league to 
bottom of the barrel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think if, if they go four straight NLCS, I think the haters could stop calling it a <laughs> yeah. every single time yeah. let we make it pretty far. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm definitely, I'm definitely over that. But it's been... Uh, it's been great. I think Madden is one of those that can be really credited with that. Obviously, Theo built the team. I was gonna say, yeah, a lot from of the top down. To Theo. Yeah. He's probably the one, if anybody, that you're gonna give credit to. But Madden's the perfect manager for the personalities on the team. Perfect clubhouse manager. Oh yeah, even more than for a sure. game. Manager. It's kind of yeah. an interesting question. That's a little off topic, but we have time. With uh, with the personality manager, kind of that Madden can be. Um, the Bryce Harper free agency has been looming over the Cubs for a couple of years now, and it seems like the chance of that happening have gone down and down throughout the season. Because A, the Cubs don't really need him, and B, he has not been playing very well in Washington. But the question that a lot of Cubs fans bring up is, is he the type of personality that can fit in with the Cubs way or whatever? And I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, my first thought on that would be no. I don't think they need Bryce Harper at all. No, me neither. There's, yeah. there's not enough spots in the outfield for him. Um, you got a guy like Jason Hayward already out there. Who's on a few more years in his deal anyway, Albert right? Almora, like... Joe yeah. loves Ian Happ. Joe, Happ's good. Theo and Jed are obsessed with Kyle Schwarber. He's yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> no way. Um, and all the I fans just, are obsessed with Schwarber, too. Shout yeah. out Cobb. Shout out, out to Cobb's Cobb listening. for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see a spot for Bryce out there. No. And, and then just that's the first problem. And then going with the clubhouse fitting in. I think he could fit yeah. in. I yeah, think he's either. friends with Chris Bryant. He could fit in, but the need isn't there. I would, uh, yeah, I mean... I think whether or not Bryce Harper specifically is going to be on the team next year, I think it's pretty much a no for sure at this point. Yeah. Probably looking more toward pitching, if anything, in free agency. Mm-hmm. But um, just on the subject of the, kind of the Cubs' way, I would argue that the players, once they get here, will fit into the Cubs' way. I mean, it's not like you have to worry about that. And um, I would maybe even argue that if Javi wasn't on the Cubs, we might be saying the same thing, that he's, uh, he's flashy and he's maybe a little bit cocky, and for that reason he wouldn't be able to fit in with the Cubs' way. But... Obviously, we've all enjoyed the most exciting player in baseball, yeah, I really and he's, he has not been an issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been uh, quite the season. Anything else before we kind of wrap things up? I think that'll do it for now. Yeah. We're looking at uh, hopefully one more NLCS run and uh, hopefully keep this win streak going. If you're back in the World Series, yeah, 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 um, playoff run. I think yeah. I think I'm not saying you should expect the World Series this year or next year, but at some point. With this amount of talent, there should be another run when we get back that deep. Yeah, um, I think if they can get healthy and, like you said, going into free agency this year, look at some more starting pitching. Because mm-hmm. uh, that rotation is no, not a not World Series yet. rotation. And when you look at uh, kind of the, the contracts on the team, too, the, the youth of the lineup is so incredible. But we there's going to be a point where they got to start paying these guys. Yep, there is, and that's going to present an issue. And I, I, one more point I thought was interesting last night after the game. Uh, I was watching the post-game on-field interview with Anthony mm-hmm. Rizzo. Love that I thought it was really interesting how he was talking about John Lester's performance and talking about he picked up his 1,000th hit as a member of the Cubs last night. Oh, yeah. And he didn't say it real long or in-depth or anything, but he said, I really hope to be here for a long time. And mm-hmm. I think that's something Cubs fans want to see. Cubs fans love to hear. Captain. And I'm sure Theo and Jed would love to keep him yeah. around and for I the rest of his career. And I think it might be something that a lot of other players be, might be thinking too. I mean, not only is this a great team to be on going forward, it's a great city to be in. It's the third biggest market in baseball. And it's the kind of culture I want to be around. I mean, not to start depressing anyone, but the Bulls have been – not a great culture. The front office has been pretty bad. And, it, and even though Chicago is a free agent destination sometimes in the NBA, yeah. that's probably a reason that they haven't landed a lot of free agents. And if you want the reverse example, then the Cubs have been 
right there. And I think Theo, as you mentioned, is probably mostly to credit for that. And Joe also is the kind of manager that every player wants to play for. And mm-hmm. just the culture has been so much better than it was before. Yeah, and even to get a little bit off topic with the Bears, you're seeing it too. They're kind of starting mm-hmm. to create a culture mm-hmm. that's more uh, inviting for players to come be a part of. Mm-hmm. Purdue football. <laughs> Another great example. Yeah. To Jeff Brown. Looking forward to that one Thursday night, Coach Brown. Thanks for listening to the pod. Um, all right. Yeah, I was just looking at some of the contracts too. It's like the top three or four guys on our payroll is like Jason Hayward, obviously, and then John Lester, Lester and Hamels. It's all the older guys that find big Darvish, like seven million, <laughs> right? And then Schwarber and Almora and Javi are all under one million. Mm-hmm. That uh, they're gonna get paid eventually. And the Contreras, bo- which. Our, our two all-stars. Right. <laughs> the ball that Rizzo kept in his pocket after the World Series sold for more than some of those guys' contracts, didn't it? 500000 yeah. yeah. So that's that's a funny little stat. That's but like I, right around where some of those guys' contract is. But yeah. part of that's the nature of baseball, too, is like... Six years until you get that free yeah. agency. The, the young guys stay longer. And you can do arbitration, but you don't want to. And a lot of times, those guys get offered money in some of those off years before the six-year free agency thing, too. And and that's what can get them to stay. And I would not be surprised if all those guys get extended before that six-year thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Russell is the one that might fall through the cracks, if anybody. I could yeah, definitely that could see that happen happening. sooner rather than later, I could see. Especially yeah. if Murphy sticks around and if Hat becomes a good second baseman. Um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to try to keep Murphy around after this year. Because I know he's is a he free expiring? agent. Free agent yeah, after this season. Is Zobrist the free agent next summer, right? So in like yeah, he has next one, more year. one more year. And I think that's probably going to be it for Zobrist. With the Cubs, at least as a, uh, you know, a really productive member, and you, yeah. you kind of see him going down a little bit, but he's a had great a locker year room guy too. Last year, though. Yeah, I mean, when he's healthy, he's in three oh eight. Professional hitter. Yeah, and he's, he's fitting a great in well clubhouse guy like and playing some days, playing not yeah, outfield and infield. Yeah, yeah. And I think that works out good for him. He's a great utility guy to have have there too. So. Yeah. Um, Big fan of Ben. I love how we say we got any last points, and then we say no, and then we have like <laughs> ten more last points. Uh, anyway, thanks we'll for have, listening. We'll have more. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll be back. I think the next episode is going to be a uh, Bulls and Bears season preview, so we'll be pushing that one off as long as we can. It's <laughs> a little more of a depressing topic than the Cubs. Yeah, we'll um, get back into some Cubs going into oh, yeah. October That'll and be fun. stuff. We're looking at what every week or two for this podcast. Yeah, gonna try yep. to keep it around there. If you recognize me from the Dunks podcast with Devin, this one's a little bit more casual. We're not quite as obsessed with it. Um, so yeah, it'll be maybe a, a one once a week, twice a week. Or wait, every one or two weeks, kind of thing. Go so, give the uh, we'll basketball podcast a listen. Yeah, though. there you go. <laughs> Do that. Stuff. That's fun. Um, thanks for listening to the first episode of Windy City Rundown, and we'll be back in a week or two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, go Cubs.